Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District. And every week, we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. Today on the Teacher Interview Podcast, we sped time with Debbie Kojima, who teaches at Acacia Elementary School in Fullerton. All right, well, welcome, Debbie. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. So you. you are probably one of my favorite teachers to visit. I don't Aww. know if I've told you that before. No. I probably haven't. And I probably should have. really should've. nice. Thank you. I probably should have. <laughs> um, so I love, it, uh, love coming into your classroom and seeing what's going on. Your um, students always seem so scholarly and engaged mm. and just attentive and laser focused, <laughs> if you, you will. Um, so I'm really excited to have you here. Um, but first, we're just going to start with kind of like what what can you tell us about how you got into teaching like what was that like for you hmm how I got into teaching I think uh, just growing up I always loved kids and I always loved playing with them and babysitting them so it's always I've always felt like it was a calling so I just knew and wow. I went to college and knew I, I was a liberal studies major. Go back, did you do paid babysitting? Was I that did, like, that was a gig? yes, of course. Neighbors and family friends and I stuff. I did that a few times, I, I wasn't asked back. <laughs> I, I don't, so you obviously had more luck. Well, I did enjoy it, so <laughs> That's yeah. Good. So I always felt like I knew that I wanted to work with kids and um, I just knew. It was either that or nursing. Okay. And I went with teaching. So. so did you pick a college based on something to do with teaching or what do you, uh, what Well, was I went like? through Cal State Fullerton. It okay. was local and they had a great um, mm -hmm. credential program. So yeah, I'm a Cal State Fullerton alumni. Awesome. Yeah. So when you got out of that, tell me about your finding your first teaching job. Um, well, you know, I was lucky enough to, I student taught at Orangethorpe Elementary mm -hmm. with Stacy really? Hollenbeck. Yes, she just retired, um, one oh, of my favorite wow. people in the whole world. Anyways, that was my first assignment, and um, it was in sixth grade, and I was terrified. Um, but it was a, an amazing experience, and it just so happens that next year, I was in the spring, and that next year they needed another class. And I at got Orangethorpe. hired at Orangethorpe. Oh, so that's yeah. where I started at Orangethorpe. I was at Orangethorpe for 13 years. That's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's really exciting. Yeah. Okay, then tell me, um, at, well, first, before we go on to where you went after that, um, any, like, first-year lessons, like, things that you remember learning, maybe the hard way or things that were frustrating the first year that came later? Um, like tips, like let's say there's a first year teacher listening to this in our district. Yeah. What What was that lesson for you? Um, I think my first year lessons, I had such a strong connection to my master teacher. So just finding someone that you can go to is huge. Um, and just kind of, you know, finding someone to seek support, ask questions, because it's so hard in the beginning that you don't learn you, you don't learn in student teaching, so just find someone that you can go to that can kind of take you under their wing. Um, 
was huge That's for me. Huge. Yeah, and just being yeah. gracious on yourself, yeah. knowing you're not going to know everything and yeah. learn from your mistakes and yeah, yeah. and you do your best. So being gracious to yourself, that's that's a hard lesson to learn because, yeah. I mean, we usually get better because we're noticing mistakes mm -hmm. and then trying to fix them. Um, yeah, do you, do you remember anything from your first year about something that you realized it was going to take some time and you gave grace to yourself? Um, I mean, I could just say up front, mine was classroom management. Uh, yeah. I was like, this is... <laughs> This is going to be year two. And then in year two, I'm like, this is going to be year three. <laughs> and, and by year three, you know, I was a, a very different teacher. Yeah. But for you, what, what were those, uh, those learning points? Um, I think in six, the content was so hard. And like I said, luckily, I had uh, the support from my whole team was great. Um, so just being gracious with learning the content mm. and trying to jump in that way. Management, of course, <laughs> for sure was an I'm issue. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely, especially in sixth grade. Yeah. Um, but you learn from your mistakes and yeah, reflect. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So after 13 years at Orange Store, yeah. which is, that's amazing. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I think to be commended, Thank like, you. and then that's an impact on a school mm -hmm. that's, um, stability for, you know, the principal mm -hmm. and, um, colleagues. Um, so what, tell me about what happened next. Where'd you go? What, why, or what, um, what was that Well, like? I just felt like I was ready for a change. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I ended up at Acacia Elementary where I am now, and it's been such a, a blessing oh, in good. a different way. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, um, a different learning experience. Um, so I taught at Orange Thorpe in fifth and sixth as okay. well. And I, I started at Acacia teaching fifth. Okay. And, um, and then I moved to fifth grade gate okay. and now I'm teaching sixth grade gate so um, mm. that's been a definitely a new experience so I've been there uh, I've been teaching gate for the last six years I think yeah yeah, yeah. so tell me just in that um, so did you do gate at Orangethorpe no well I did have a, a, a gate cluster they had clusters so I did that a few years okay. yes so tell me just tips for somebody starting with a gate class, what, what are some things you noticed early on that were helpful reminders or practices? Uh, when I think um, I was really nervous. Um, luckily, I, I felt confident in the curriculum, um, and I was older. <laughs> um, but what I realized, because I was really nervous, um, was they're just kids. Mm. And um, although they're extremely bright and gifted in their own way, um, they still, you know, they're kids. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I taught advanced placement English in a mm. secondary setting, um, and it can be intimidating. Yes. Like, you're like, yeah. these <laughs> students are, I mean, I have a college degree in English, mm. but sometimes you do feel, and there's something about youth where they're, you know, they, they aren't necessarily trying to filter their um, opinions are like, I think this. Yes. And, and they're, they can be like strong-willed. And, and so that can be intimidating mm -hmm. when you're teaching something and, and you're, you know, you're learning. Yeah. Um, give me something that you noticed in the gate classroom that was kind of a standard or a practice that you wish you had known or applied to the traditional classroom setting. Because that's a lot of times what I hear, like we kind of draw these lines and like gate is different. But then I also hear 
No, the, the things that we do for gate students, how beneficial would it be mm. to um, uh, in, in any classroom? So is there something that's your favorite kind of, this, this does well with any, any group of students? Well, I think um, prior to, um, at Orangethorpe it was the state standards and the Common Core standards brought this whole new level mm -hmm. of um, thinking and learning and writing. And so I don't necessarily, you know, when I was transitioning into GATE, the Common Core standards were also kind of this shift. So I think um, that level of, um, you know, learning and multiple ways to learn and communicate your learning which the Common Core Standards have brought um, has been amazing and I think that was possibly, you know, before with gate classes. I'm not sure, but the transition for me from CSTs to the Common Core Standards really brought kind of just this mm -hmm. greater depth and mm -hmm. rigor within my teaching for yeah. sure. That's yeah. interesting. So was there like a strategy or something that happened in that second phase that you wish you had back in the CST days? Um, <laughs> well, when I think about um, just, you know, the multiple, you know, the multiple um, ways of, uh, you know, or writing through communication, there's a lot more writing. Mm. Um, our school currently uses Writers and Readers Workshop, mm -hmm. and that's teaching strategies to the reader or the writer versus the lesson per mm -hmm. se mm -hmm. and I think you know 15 years ago mm. I looked for the best lesson yeah where today it's about the reader and the writer yeah so I think that's just a different shift yeah so these are my words but you can say yes or no so some maybe more metacognition definitely like how does a writer think mm -hmm. versus do X yes activity or, yes. or whatever yes definitely yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think those are those are powerful shifts. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I'm, uh, thank you. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. <laughs> um, so we do have, um, we interviewed some people mm. and we asked them um, three three questions. One was yeah. um, like a one word. If they had to sum Debbie up in one word, what would it be? And one was um, share one moment or a story about you where you're being you. Uh -huh. And the third was like bonus, like tell us anything about Debbie. Oh gosh. So I just want to, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry, <laughs> it's a family podcast. Um, th so there is a quote from your principal, Liz Leon, and this is in the, um, the story section, share a moment. So mm -hmm. I wanted to share it because it, I think it ties into what we were just talking about. And so she talks about um, a debate that, oh. um, that you were doing, um, she says, recently. Um, well, first she said, um, watching you teach anything is a significant experience, Aww. a meaningful experience. That's but funny. she talked about recently, um, you led your, your class in a debate, mm -hmm. and then she talked about kind of these, these five pieces that were in the debate. So she talked about multiple perspectives, collaboration, mm -hmm. inquiry, research, and then she says best practices, and I, I'm not sure what, what that means, but can you, do you remember the debate? Or yeah. Is, okay, can you t tell me, tell our readers, uh, our readers, <laughs> tell our listeners, <laughs> uh, you got me all in the writers and readers <laughs> workshop. Uh, tell our listeners, um, what, how, what does the debate look like, and what do your students do? And 
So my students were split up into four theories. Um, so the, um, the title was How the Mastodon Became Extinct. Mm. And I separated them into four groups. And they were introduced to four different theories of how the mastodon became extinct. And then they broke up. They did some research based on just bas the basics of the four theories. And then they had to um, delegate and kind of you know, work as a team to, um, you know, I told the kids that you're presenting, so you're summarizing what your debate is, and you have to take into mind counterclaims, like what people are going to say, and there was a question section, so the kids were able to ask each other questions about their theory to kind of counter-argue, yeah. um, and summarize, so it's a really good kind of hands-on of the four C's, you know, just being able to collaborate and communicate and think on the spot mm -hmm. in a debate. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much what they did. So it was, it took place over probably two weeks okay. um, where they met and then they met with their team and then they split up the work and they collaborated through Google or what have you. They yeah. did their research on their own and um, eventually it led us to the debate. And this, this debate is like a one, it happens on one day? Yes. Okay, so tell me how you set that up, how the students feel uh, going into it. Like, what are you, what are you looking for on that day? Um, um, or is it like hands off on that day and whatever happens, happens? Or, you know, because I'm sure you have expectations of, like, if it goes well, it looks like this. Yeah. So to talk me through that day. What are you hoping to see? Um, well, I'm just hoping that they're able, it's, it's about the experience, definitely. And I don't think they understand the experience until they actually go through the debate. Right. Uh, there's a whole structure. So they start with a summary, like I said, of their debate. And all four present their summary. And they have a certain time frame. Um, and then they have a counterclaim section. And they have a certain time frame. And they each take turns. Mm -hmm. Um, and then um, at that point, I give them about 10 minutes to meet as a group and develop questions. They might have developed questions from before, but based on what they heard. Right, so if there's anything surprising, yes. they're like, we didn't expect yes, that. Yes, exactly. So they meet for 10 minutes, um, kind of come up with questions. Then we come back, and they're able to question one another for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And at the end, they conclude. And I do give points yeah. for the different sections. Um, you know, citing evidence and supporting mm. your thinking. And um, yeah, and there is a winner, but I don't, you know, there's not a prize. I told them it's about the ride and the experience. And yeah. so I, they love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great exercise and I, they love it. That's cool. Yeah. So, the, the, so this is happening, we're recording in November, yeah. right? Yeah. And so this is fairly early in the year. Yeah. Um, are there things you see in the debate where there's, there's room for growth that you see change over the course of the year? Or is this debate kind of like, they get up to that place where you want them to be, and then it's on to the next thing? Like, are there multiple debates during oh, the year? Oh, yeah. Things like no, that? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we will definitely be um, participating in another debate. And, you know, I was just talking about this at a PLC with my team, um, and we were talking about nonfiction text and how you know, debates are such an authentic use of kids, like, reading it for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's definitely something we are going to revisit. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Do you, um, what do you, if it goes well, what do you hear from students, like, overhearing comments? Um, what What's your, like, sense of, like, 
like okay that was that was a good experience for them like I we always kind of after um, the debate before I even you know like I I usually don't tell the winner until you know the next week oh really no yeah but we always, um, at the end, we um, kind of get together and reflect what went well, what are some things that we could do next time. And so that's kind of a process. And just hearing the kids, I mean, they honestly love it. And I've yeah. heard a lot of parents kind of just comment on their excitement and stuff. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That was, I, was, I was wondering about that reflective process because there it is. It's like two weeks and you're yeah. building towards this yes. one day. And, yes. and I was like, gosh, I wonder what they, what they say about it. Yeah. So... That's they ask for other, are we going to do another one soon? Yeah. So, <laughs> That's yeah. always good. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. Unless it's a pizza party. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so thanks for commenting on yeah. that. Um, so we're going we're gonna to go to a, another um, story. Um, this is from colleague uh, Stephanie. Oh. Okay, so Stephanie, um, so it's funny. She said, she said, she used the word reaches twice. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to read you both of those, and they're not necessarily connected. Okay. Um, but, um, and actually, now that I look at it, she used the word, um, oh, this is not a story. This is, what's the one word that you um, would use to stand for, Debbie? Wow. So it, the word is reaches. Oh. I, I was just looking at and noticed it twice, but she put reaches dash. So she said, Debbie is one who thoughtfully reaches for what's next. Mm. Not because it's a trend or popular, but because she is genuinely seeking how to raise the level of her students' thinking and her own. Aww. Debbie reaches for innovative projects to enhance student output and uh, efficiency. Debbie reaches for research-based instructional practices because she is responding to the myriad of student needs. And this is the one that stood out for me, so maybe you could start here. Debbie reaches for the latest young adult book <laughs> because she's not only an avid reader herself but wants to connect with her students. Aww. Debbie reaches for others because she truly understands the meaning and importance of collaboration and community. So the word reaches, but talk about reaching for the, young, uh, the latest young adult book. <laughs> well, is that true? I no, mean, I genuinely love, I'm an avid reader okay. and I love Young adult, I so truly. So throw out some titles. What is, what's uh, something? I just read, okay, I just picked up Dry by Neil Schusterman. Okay. Are you a young adult reader? Somewhat. <laughs> I, I don't know what falls in that category. I, I read a lot of, um, uh, I would say, like, fantasy, like oh, Harry, yeah. Harry potter Oh, okay. I love Harry yeah. Potter, the okay. series. Um, so the Iron, um, let's see. Which Ma the Magisterium. I don't know if you know those. No, I've not read that series. Okay. Um, what's the latest fantasy? I just read, oh gosh, what was that one called? I just read a um, dystopian, like, and it was a good series. And now okay. I can't even remember the name. But I, I, I read The Scythe, and that's by Neil Schusterman, which was oh, okay. amazing. So that's um, a name I should, I should make a note of. Yeah. Okay. It's a Neil great book. Schusterman. Yeah. Okay. It's a good book. So Dry? Dry. I haven't read Scythe. it, but okay. I'm excited. I, I have it at home. Okay. Tell me a little bit about Scythe and, and why that. that. Uh, the book? Yeah. Um, and why you picked up another one by the same author? Well, it's it's um, the scythe is about a society that's immortal. However, oh. um, the pro <laughs> these scythes, um, the way they control their population, they're never sick. They're never they never well they age, but they can like basically turn back the time. Um, is they glean okay. or basically glean 
the population when okay. it's their time. Okay. And so the scythe is what they're called. These mm. are these people that choose. <laughs> like when it's your time. When it's your time. And so. Um, and when, when it's your time, they kind of reset you? Like no, they, go they, back? Kill, oh, they, they kill you. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Um, so it's kind of like the Grim, Reaper, yes. the Grim Reaper, that motif with the scythe. Yeah, okay. so the scythe is basically uh, the, the book is about a young, like a, an apprentice yeah. and her journey. So I'm not going to give anything away, but it's, it's just a, it's a great wow. what if. Yeah. Book. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So is that is that something you pick up and then it gets it into um, your classroom library? Yeah. So I'm always I'm always looking for good read alouds um, with my students. It's probably my favorite time during the day because okay. um, you know you share yeah. a common piece of literature. I love that you read aloud. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always looking for good. Yeah. Young adult books. So. Yeah. I'm just going to repeat that for our listeners. So listeners, if you're listening to this <laughs> and you're not sure if you should read aloud, you should. Definitely. And and I'm I'm just saying any subject, like figure out <laughs> a way to read aloud. It's magical. Truly. I remember those moments yeah. from my childhood yeah. more than any other mm -hmm. part of the day. Yeah. I still uh, read aloud to my son who's in oh, sixth grade. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So do you, do you have like a book you always read aloud? Like every year this is going to, or... No. Often you repeat the book. Not necessarily because okay. oftentimes I find something new. Like I said, I'm always on You're the always, search. Uh, let me read <laughs> the quote. You're always reaching <laughs> yes. for what's next. Yes. Yeah. Um, so not necessarily, but I definitely do go back to ones that I genuinely like and I kind of prioritize and I find something new. And it, yeah. I try as a teacher to choose different genres to expose them. I oh, genuinely try to yeah. like expose them to different types of books. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's spend a little bit of time there. So the idea of reaching for what's next, and yes, you yeah. have favorites, yes. but you're not always filling your read aloud time with your favorites. You're mm -hmm. reaching for what's next or mm -hmm. reaching for a different genre. So for me, that's, that ties into s s some of our common themes of mm -hmm. like innovation. Mm -hmm. So innovation is mm -hmm. just generally put like, it's not inventing something brand new, it's just introducing something new to a process. Definitely. So you have read aloud as a process, mm -hmm introducing a new genre is, is innovation um, and it's also taking a risk because definitely you, you don't know if students are going to connect with it like mm -hmm. the old favorites so tell me why like why is that important for you to to mix it up and change? Um, I you know if like you were asking me about telling um, you know if I were to give advice to a new teacher I think our job is all about kind of taking risks and just mm -hmm. jumping in and trying something new. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> and I'm always telling my students it's all about reflecting and taking stock and then moving on. You know, we as adults do that all the time. And so um, I think that's just kind of the mindset you have to have. You just have to, you know, because especially with technology today, like there, there is no new app it's truly about you know just trying something mm. jumping in and um, just trying it <laughs> and not wanting like not being the expert like knowing that you're not going to be the expert I know being in sixth grade um, they are so much further than I am technologically mm. you know whatever with whatever was the latest app or I you you mentioned if I could go back um, I remember when we first started teaching technology it was the laptop program yeah. and it was a 
anyways, this was in the very beginning in Fullerton. Yeah. And I remember. And this was probably 2004. It was. Like that. It yeah. was. Oh, I don't even know how long ago, I think but it that's was when with the those, laptop program started. Those boxy white laptops <laughs> in a cart, and I remember you know, having to be the expert on pages and okay, I had to show them what bold and bold meant and just little things and doing a, a lesson. And like today, you, you can't, there's so much further than we are, these digital natives that have grown up with it. And you can't have that, you know, expectation. You just need to jump in. And I think if you just build this community of um, learners and we'll learn together and, you know, how do I learn? I experiment and play. And so I think yeah. if you just build that community, um, then, yeah. So that, that so I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Okay. You said, you use the word experiment and play. Yeah. Okay. So the word, so when I'm in your classroom, yeah. I feel like it's, and I don't, I, don't take this wrong way. I feel like it's master planned. Like, I feel like it's orchestrated, like not, it doesn't feel like predictable. Mm -hmm. I just feel like you're like a conductor who's like getting the symphony into the no. right. You know, it just feels very um, organized and orderly, but harmony and layered and a very, mm. it feels very sophisticated to me. So play seems chaotic and disorderly and like all these yeah. kind of antithetical things. So is play part of, you You allow it for yourself, but yeah. this is the part I was gonna push. Do you get into like your students into sandbox spaces where you're like, just play with this and don't work? Is that something you do? Yeah, I mean, okay. honestly, um, especially when you think of like projects or products, like when they're displaying their learning sure. with technology. Um, like I said, so many of these apps, it might be something I learned on Twitter or something. Mm -hmm. um, whether I introduce something new and I say, okay, guys, this is. This is my objective for what I want you to do, and I don't know a lot about it, so let's do it. Like, let's just, and they do, they do, like so much quicker than I would have ever done. Yeah. And um, when they come to me, and I don't know, I said, I don't know, but figure, like, find someone that figure does, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, so it's just, so that, you kind of have to. That's a play space. Yeah. Like, let's figure it out, because yeah. then that sets the expectations that I, it's not that I want you to do X. Yeah. Like, I haven't, like, we're going towards a goal or an outcome. Right. But play yes. to figure out how we're yes. going to get there. We don't know. That's that's brilliant. And yeah. that's a common thing I've heard before in interviews is that teachers are kind of inviting students into, like, actually, like, show the teacher. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't really know how to do this. Yes. You show me. Oh. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. I need a word for that. I don't know. It's it's like this posture of like, gosh, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's great. Okay, we got sidetracked by that. That was that was great. Young adult literature <laughs> gave us all that. That that's awesome. Okay, um, I'm gonna jump down here. Um, so your your husband, yeah, uh, he actually wrote us, um, but I'm gonna use his. He had a bonus. Oh, great. Uh, thing. Just tell us anything. Um, so, <laughs> so he said, <laughs> Why did you Debbie, Debbie has that thing, and he put it in quotes, that thing that makes her a special teacher. Uh -uh. So I don't know what that thing is. I, he notices it, but is that something, like, do you know what your thing is? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> do you, I don't know. Do you know what's I mean, different about you? 
than other teachers that makes you uh, a special teacher? Like I'll use it a, a memorable teacher. Like I think my perception being in your classroom space is students will remember you oh. because you've you've made these ma um, magical moments. Mm. Like it feels special, it feels sacred almost. Um, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> You're so humble. No. I, I guess, I don't know. I try to build a community where, you know, you celebrate one another um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's an environment where we're learners and um, we push one another. I definitely have a high sense of urgency. I always have, <laughs> regardless of school. Um, so I'm a pusher. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I and I'm a learner. I love to learn. Yeah. I genuinely love to learn. Yeah. So. That's great. That's great. I, I will. Know. I will take your answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're like I don't know, but I think just that phrase. We're a community of learners, mm -hmm. and we push, and we yeah. push each other, and I yeah. push. Um, but it's also a community of learners. It's not just, I'm just pushing. It's not drill sergeant. Right. It's, it's like we're in this space for a specific reason. Right. And we're trying to get here mm -hmm. and it's urgent, but we're also taking care of each other. You know, I, ho along, I, I hope so. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a hope that I have. That's awesome. Yeah. So on that note, the next thing he writes is um, she connects with the kids and then the kids renamed Dodgeball. Oh gosh. <laughs> Do you yeah, know what's that's coming? that's a bonus, yes. <laughs> so that happened this year, actually. Okay, so tell me about that. Well, I play nation ball with my class, and I've done it ever since. Even in my Orange Thorpe days, okay. I, you know, I've always loved, do you play nation ball, dodgeball? In grade school. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just love it. It's definitely something that I love to do, and okay. I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about at recess, your students um, go out to play, or not what? Okay. Sometimes it's at recess, and or most of the time, though, it's like a like a we earn. Oh, you know, okay, dodgeball. But you know, my kids. And so, not in the context of recess. No, you just not say, always. You've earned it. We're yeah. gonna go play. Yeah, and you play with them. Yes, that's what he's getting at. Yeah, she connects with the kids, and the kids are named dodgeball to Kojima ball. <laughs> <laughs> You're that's so sheepish. My, no, <laughs> so kids, that's what my kids said this year. I, they coined that term. That's so cool. It's and funny. They, yeah. He writes, because she loves playing with them. Mm. So that's, um, he says, she challenges them to be better students and human beings, and she is their biggest supporter. Aww, so nice. tell me about, so here's the second time play came up. Yeah. Is, like, we're talking about kind of experimental play, risk-taking space. Mm -hmm. But then the... Uh, there's a quote in, in here about you actually play with your students. Yeah, literally uh, play yeah, with them. Yeah. So why, why do you do that? You said you love it, but it's not entirely selfish. You're not doing yeah. it just for you. What does it add? Um, it's just a fun kind of way to bond, I guess, mm. and connect. And um, I don't know. The kids love it. I mean, I still have kids from Orangethorpe, like whether it's through social media saying, "Do you still play dodgeball?" <laughs> Really? I do. That's awesome. I do. So, oh yeah, it's it's fun. I just looked at our time. We're at 30 minutes. Okay. But there is one more. You actually had, I think, four people responded. Mm. So we had a, one more quote okay. from a colleague, Danielle Carrillo. And she wrote, um, 
on her first day of teaching sixth grade, mm. she was excited but nervous, and she said you went into her classroom. Do you remember that? Um, not that, no. So she said she went. you went into her classroom before she got to school mm. and left a note on her desk. Oh, yes. Yeah? Yeah. You do remember I that? I do remember that, yeah. So she said there, there, you wrote words of encouragement and reminded her that she can do it. Aww. So um, tell me about that moment. like. Um, well, and honestly, that was something that my uh, Matt, like Stacy Hombeck did for me, and it meant a lot. Mm. It really did help, like, because it's such a scary, you know, I mean, you were yeah. a teacher and yeah. your first day is yeah. really scary. and. I just remember how much it meant, so I uh, felt like, and she's amazing, so, um, yeah, just just that little, you know, you can do it. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. Well, we, we are genuinely out of time. Okay. This flew by. Yeah. This flew by. Hopefully, you're okay. Yes, <laughs> you're I'm okay. okay. I survived. <laughs> I survived. All right, so thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. This has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.